0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Welcome to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST. Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchhoff Building in Martinsburg.
1: And it is Panhandle Live for this 28th day of February 2024. As always, we're broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival building here in Martinsburg on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs and is always propelled by Country Roads Tyronado, who will tell you a little bit more about as the broadcast goes on. I'm Luke Wiggs, Marshall Kavalik, alongside. You know, we just got a text from Will of West Virginia Eastern Panhandle Weather who's fired up. About a thunderstorm moving through Berkeley Springs because only Will would be fired up about a thunderstorm. No, this Marcia. is
2: pretty. This system is pretty serious. I've been getting texts from my daughter in Huntington, and it's scary down there. Uh, she actually texted. She said, "Mom, is it a good excuse to call off work if there's a tornado watch?" <laughs> like, that's how she open the conversation. Don't forget if you
1: missed part of yesterday's show we <laughs> went in depth talking about the, the remake of the movie Twister that's yeah, coming out so, so yeah. you know Hit, it's, it's to,
2: so uh, you know stay on top of your weather radar out in Berkeley Springs uh, you know take this seriously and we are expecting some wind today uh, which you know just, you know, where this, you know, where the trees are that are going to, you mm. know, hurl over in the, and of course it's trash day. It's always trash day when we get when, these when it, when the winds
1: blowing around. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, awkward transition alert in studio from the Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association. We have Kevin Knowles and his guests from Negley's Water. Uh, that's Jason Nepper and Jason Brown. I'm sorry, Corey Nepper and Jason go. Brown. Sorry about that. Welcome into all of you.
3: Hello, so, hello there. See, so you, so you guys they make mistakes, too. I told you it was going to be awkward. We're So, let me
2: start with Jason. You're part of the Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association Committee that is putting on the home show. So, why is this important?
4: It's a great organization, and we have lots of people coming in through the home show. We, If you guys are looking for doing some kind of home improvements, if you're looking for landscaping, they they put a good variety of people in the round roundhouse. It's uh it's it's a nice organization to be part of.
1: Well, you know, I was, uh, I'm kind of keeping up with my parents that live in Morgantown and thinking about doing some home remodeling and kind of going through the process of, you know, the landscaper guy who's all across town and then the siding guys and the next town over and all of this stuff and having to coordinate all these different groups as they're trying to make some improvement. But this is an opportunity, right, for all of that to be in one place. Sure. This is great. This is, you know,
4: you could talk to 160, I believe, Kevin, right?
3: Yeah, we're, we're, we're up to about 130 booths that we can. Put into the roundhouse. Correct. Wow. Yeah.
4: So so there's a lot of different people you could talk to in, in all aspects of home improvement.
2: So what does negleys bring? Whenever you guys are going to a place like the home show, what are you, um, you know, setting up and what can you offer consumers as they're coming in, whether they're they're trying to do a new build or maybe they've moved into a house that might need some retrofitting.
4: Sure. So we we will we'll bring a couple of our systems with us, right? We'll uh, bring a couple of tanks so you guys can get a, the community can get an idea of what's going to actually go in their basement or underneath their sink or whatever. And we can give you, we can provide you good, clean, safe, healthy water at your tap, right?
2: So have you done the home show in the past? How many years have you done it if you have?
4: So just myself, I've only been down here last year was my first time and it was, a, it's, actually an an awesome home show compared to some of the other ones i've been to uh lots of people uh they they move through quickly i I really enjoy this one
2: gotta give the mayor some room to pat himself Uh, i'm not not the mayor here i'm the executive (laughs) officer but
3: yeah i mean he was corrected it brings everybody together so that if you have a project whether you're doing a remodel or a build or anything in your home to be able to come in and walk around and be able to see all different types of vendors and Set up your game plan and also let them set up their game plan for the coming season for the summer.
2: Right. So you've mentioned uh, that a lot of the businesses that are vendors do their scheduling for pretty much the rest of the of the season um, at the home show.
3: Well, and that's why we hold it in, in March or April, because after that, the their businesses just take off. So they really don't have the time and the manpower to be able to bring people to the home show to show their wares, to talk to people, to move forward with their business. So
2: let me bring Corey into the conversation. Um, have you been to the to the home show as a vendor or a, a guest in the past?
5: Yeah, I've been. I've been with Negley's for five years, so I've been down down to the same show for five years. Yeah.
2: It's changed a little bit. What how, What do you think of the Roundhouse as a? It's venue?
5: amazing. Um, it's it's just so the the flow is just so nice there and um like we said you know the involvement that that we have with them and the relationship we've built with them over the years is is really
2: good what about the foot traffic i mean do you feel like setting up there is not because i you know i go to a lot of craft fairs and that and and there's nothing worse than going to a vendor show and there's no foot traffic what's the home show like for vendors?
5: It's very steady. Um, there's, there's not a big influx of people, no, no big waves. It seems to be steady, um, going through. And and as the mayor said earlier, um, you know, the, uh, the the we, we fill our schedules from this so we use this as a building block in the first quarter to be able to you know push through to the end of the year
1: well let me ask you this because i got to experience it for the first time last year i don't know if you guys participated in a, in a science fair growing up but there's almost like some similarities <laughs> between how you need to set up your booth to kind of draw in people to your guys's product little bit of an added pressure to have a pretty unique display to get people's attention. And there's a contest, too, yeah, right? Absolutely, like, yeah.
5: We, we talked about getting the volcano set up. Yeah, so We can, exactly. yeah. we can draw the a little crowd Yeah, that's, that's definitely what we've been going for. We want that's that first-place a... ribbon, for <laughs> sure.
2: It's always a fan favorite, right? No, I mean, seriously, though, does does it become a competition among you and the other? Because, you know, there are, there are lots of folks bringing their A game, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Well, I, we play to try to be the best. Um, mm-hmm. We feel that we we're able to bring a lot to the table from, you know, tapping into the ground to get people any type of water for their home to be able to get them pharmaceutical grade water to drink. Um, so that's, that's what we believe. And we, we try our best to strive for that.
2: So Kevin wanted to bring you back into the conversation as you're putting something like this on, there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of preparation in making it look like a great home show instead of just a roundhouse. Right. So, um, you know, I'm sure you've, increased your efforts and made sure that it was just as as friendly for folks to be able to set up how how easy is it for these vendors to come in and just set their boots
3: up well you know you talk about a science there is a science to just about everything we do the people that come in you know they strategically want to be in a a certain spot certain time to be able to optimize the traffic as they come in we have a company that comes in um from it's called penn state it's a company that comes in and sets up the booth setting. So they mm-hmm. do that for a living, and the, and all you do is give them the, the, uh, the, the layout. The parameters. And mm-hmm. they come in, and it's it's great. They come in one day. It makes it very easy for a vendor to come in, identify their booth, and be able to go right to it to set it up.
2: It, there's such a neat flow because of, because of the circular nature of a yeah. roundhouse. I always am amazed when I come back around and I'm like wait a minute I've, I've gone full circle but there's always something to see on both sides of where you're walking at
3: yeah, the home you show. Can, you know I first of all I, I we cannot have this home show if it wasn't for Jennifer Matthews who works in my office. She's my executive uh, assistant and, and uh, without the efforts that she puts into this she keeps us all moving. She knows when to lift her foot and put it in the right spot to be able to make us move forward to get there quicker and faster. Does a fabulous job and And I don't believe that we would be able to pull off the home show that we've had over the few years, last few years that I've been with them that, that uh, without her.
2: So at this point, we're a little more than a month away from the home show, which is happening April 6th and 7th at the Martinsburg roundhouse. Um, What, what do you guys need? Do you still need sponsors? Do you still need vendors to come through?
3: Yes, well, we, we do it. We're always welcome sponsors. We have platinum levels, gold levels, silver levels, we, levels and uh, we have a diamond sponsor, Pine Creek Structures. They've been doing it for years. And, you know, we we also um, have about 15 to 20 booths available. They were going real quick, real fast, and uh, March 20th is the last that we have for that. Uh, we have to set up logistically. We have to set up different things directional signs. We we did this year, uh, the, the city of Martinsburg came came through with redirecting the street coming in above Queen Street that used to go uh, out of the roundhouse. Now you can access the roundhouse directly from Queen Street so you don't have to go through the neighborhoods to get there. That's a huge deal. It's going to be called Roundhouse, roundhouse Way and we're going to be able to direct people in from there so they're not coming and zigzagging to get into the background. As far as getting out, all I can say is you're on your own. <laughs> so, uh, All I yeah. want to do is get you there. <laughs> Where are people parking? Well, we have we have parking on site, and the the, the city has plenty of parking lots available at the at the station. It's a weekend. It's free parking. You have five parking lots within the downtown corridor. We will have uh, EPTA uh, having a trolley uh, ride around with designated spots for pickups to be able to pick them up and. Drop them off, and that's going to be from 10 to 6 on Saturday and 10 to 4 on Sunday. Uh, there should be no reason why anybody can't access the the home show. The train station will have the bridge open, so you can park in that area, walk down, walk through our wonderful downtown area, and feel free to shop when you're downtown also, uh, and be able to uh, uh, enjoy those aspects of of the city of Martinsburg too.
2: Will there be food vendors? This- this go around? Well, we
3: will have three food, uh, four food trucks there. We'll have uh, Mountaineer Meats, uh, Travis Ooh. Bishop. We'll have, uh, and I always have to watch how I say this. F and N Flatbreads. <laughs> okay, and then
1: I got my finger on the button right there, here. There will be yeah. a generic
3: so, food truck yeah, so there, related those, to flatbread. Yeah, flatbreads. Are, those are two of them that, that that'll be there, and there's uh, two <laughs> others that'll be there that, that that were you know were there in the last last two years.
1: Well, obviously, the three of you are going to be there as in an executive capacity, as a, in a business capacity. Or are, are, are any of you interested in uh, potentially some, some personal shopping? Are you going to be checking out some vendors and some potential uh, personal home improvement?
2: You got a honeydew list? Yeah, exactly. I was getting ready
5: to say I've been married for 10 years this year, so I will be uh, making my rounds to see what I can do to better my quality of life.
2: You know, from, from a spouse perspective, it is very convenient to bring your significant other and see all of those, and just say, "Oh, look! Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How about that one?" Yeah,
4: sure. The roundhouse, uh, the flow, like you said before, it, it's perfect for that. And you know, people can, you know, see a tons of different aspects. You know, like you said, deciding the, the roofing, windows, water treatment. I mean, there's there's so much there in one location. It it is. Pretty exciting and
2: financing too. Like there are banks. Yeah, you know, banks. Banks will be
3: there. Real estate people will be there. So there there's a it's a whole uh, uh, array of different or anything that would have to do with the purchase, building, and um, and to buy a house will will be there for people to talk. And you know we couldn't we cannot stop talking about and also the radio stations that are going to help uh, put this along. You guys, are going to have some music. We're have bringing some the music. Tunes. You guys are going to be doing. Fridays at, at um, the Friday at five you're gonna mm-hmm. do with us mm-hmm. where we're gonna have a the vendor party and you guys are gonna be playing music and, and being live on that. So we're we're excited to be able to partner with you all and you guys uh, do a great job in, in getting what we do in the community out to the community.
1: Now, of course, like Marcia mentioned, the home show coming up on the 6th and 7th of April. Uh, but I'd be remiss if we mentioned we're running out of time in this segment, but I'd like you to put your mayor's hat on for just a second, sir. And we did want does to he talk about... Does physically have to put a hat on? I mean, you know, if he's got one in his pocket. There, okay. there you go. Pass <laughs> one off to him. Uh, we've been featuring uh, stories over the last couple of days about the, the Greenway Trail Project and the raise Grant and what the city of Martinsburg hopes to accomplish uh, with the money from that grant. Uh, could you give our listeners an update where things stand?
3: Well, I have my home builder's vest on, so I... It does on. look like Bob the Builder a little bit. <laughs> Bob the Builder. Mm-hmm. Or builder bomb. Builder bomb. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, real quick, the city of Martinsburg has an opportunity to apply for a grant, the RAISE grant, that's going to really, we've seen a lot of great things here in the last few years. This will explode what we're going to be able to do with all the different projects that we've had input from the, 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 the city residents and, and engineers. We have our, our these are actually ready to go projects, but we would have to do them in pieces. This grant. Through partnerships with county, park and rec, and other organizations, are going to if we were to get this grant, will be one big project, and we'll be able to see that come to fruition a lot quicker, a lot faster as a direct result of that. You can
2: read an article at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. Also, there there is an article about the Monument Company and and the expansion, the sewer, etc. cetera. Yes. Any comments on that? Well,
3: and you know, uh, thank you for Monument for even considering the city of Martinsburg. They will be now renting their uh, some of their. Uh, apartments here i believe come april so they'll be on the market i just came up there now you saw nice sidewalks nice driveway that they put in there and they are partnering with the city and the state to be able to take care of the stormwater infrastructure that is needed for that area and not only that area but 61 acres of the city so you'll see some road closures and some piping going in but in, in the end run, it's going to be all to, to beautify the city in that area.
1: All right, very good. Well, Jason and Corey and, of course, Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles, thank you very much for coming in, and we're looking forward to the home show.
3: Well, thank you. We are, too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: All right, we've got a break to take. When we return, we'll continue the conversation on Panhandle Live.
0: Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in Martinsburg, it's Panhandle Live.
1: Welcome back to Panhandle Live. As always, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online too at countryroadstire.com. That was Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles, Jason Brown, and Corey Nepper that you just heard from. We really appreciate them giving us the time. The home show, only been to one. It was exciting. Looking forward to the one this year, but... Let's dive in now to our busy news cycle. And uh, Marcia, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin made a pretty significant announcement about some money that's coming to the Berkeley County Water District.
2: Right, so he's a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee. He announced on Tuesday that $3 million from the Environmental Protection Agency is going to the Berkeley County Public Service Water District to expand in southern Berkeley County. Um, And the current water treatment plant, it says, is 65 years old, failing to meet growing demand in Berkeley County, Uh, The Water District is on track to surpass 30,000-metered connections in the the near future. Uh, In the last four years, the Water District has added 4,000 new customers. You can read more in an article at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. Also wanted to let folks know, speaking of water, but over in Berkeley Springs, I've been calling to get updates about that water main break, called again this morning before the show, and uh, that area is still under a boil water advisory off 522. You can read more in an article there at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. But the, the boil down is, uh, I said boil down, um, <laughs> is that the Waterworks is going to send out an automated call to the, the affected water customers, but just be, be mindful of that in Berkeley Springs that is still going on.
1: We also want to alert the listeners for a meeting that's happening, a public information meeting in Shepherdstown tomorrow on Leap Day, no less, from 4 to 7 Is it really p.m.?
2: happening if it's happening on Leap Day?
1: That's a good point. That is a phenomenal point. Does that point. day really exist? <laughs> it's just
2: like, like an accumulation of days that, that kind of built up, right? Mm-hmm. Like hours that built up. So, so you get this extra day.
1: So somebody that was born 20 years ago in a leap year is is only five years old. Is that what you are Yeah, pretty much. I I mean, isn't
2: that the math?
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
2: And then like this is also like tomorrow is also the day that women are encouraged to ask the guys out.
1: Oh. So is that a legit? I'll be holding my breath, Marcia. Okay, I'll... I'm sure they'll be lining up. We got we got some eligible
2: bachelors here in this building. Just if any young ladies you got Sergeant are listening. Pepper's
1: Lonely Hearts Club here in okay. the uh, in the Hoppy Kurtzville Building. So here. come
2: so come with your come to come ready to shoot your shot. I guess right. <laughs> I come on, that, ladies. No, that, come on down. 1606 West King Street. There's
1: going to be a, a lot of guys just kind of wandering around, hoping that someone comes up and then <laughs> talks to them tomorrow. They're just going <laughs> to be loitering. Just just walking around in the streets. Hoping the
2: net just, like, comes and just exactly. pulls you up. <laughs>
1: I'm,
2: I'm not sure. I haven't been around much, but I don't think it works necessarily like that. But well, anyway, it, so this event is happening. In the midst of that ordering. We digress.
1: Uh, between 4 to 7 p.m., uh, a public information meeting in Shepherdstown. Uh, the West Virginia National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure, uh, infrastructure plan, excuse me, uh, which is also called the NEVI plan, uh, which includes instructing 15 charging stations no more than 50 miles apart on major roads that run through the state. Uh, they're planning on utilizing Interstate 64, 70, 77, 79 and 81 uh, for placement of the EV charging station. So, again, that comes up tomorrow in uh shepherdstown
2: so does that mean that on i-81 because that's one of the the routes that have been mentioned on i-81 since we've only got about 25 and some change miles here in berkeley county would that mean the ev station charging station would be maybe at the welcome centers Mm,
1: that is a very good question you know it's been interesting i'd love to get the perspective of someone that has an electric vehicle uh because you know i know it takes a little while to charge You know, once or twice a year growing up, my family would always make the drive out to my dad's family, which is just outside of St. Louis. And you can't get there on one tank of gas. So I guess you stop and then you sit for it to charge for 45 minutes. But, you know, those are also people that are getting 60 miles to the gallon. So who gets the last laugh? (laughs) Um, uh, Also, we want to turn our attention to the text line here. We will a little bit later on in the show. Uh, We got a text that says, I hope they don't spend it like they did with the EPA money before. Now we have a quote unquote rain tax. Uh, is what the one texter says. And uh, we mentioned yesterday that we have a rebuttal for a previous interview we did uh, with the uh, Ag Commissioner candidate, Joshua Higginbotham. Uh, We are going to get to that. We're just going to get to it a little bit later on in the show because we do need to get to our bottom of the hour break and we will get to our next guest on the other side. So stay tuned. More to come. It is Panhandle Live.
0: Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival building in Martinsburg, it's Panhandle Live
1: on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back inside the Hoppy Kirchville building. And speaking of, we'll set the table for Metro News Talkline Line coming up here in just a couple of moments. It comes your way at 10.06... Luke Wiggs and Marsh Kavalik with you. Uh, also, another local event in the Eastern Panhandle that we're going to be touching on a little bit later on in the show um, as we uh, talk about everything that's happening in the greater Eastern Panhandle area. And Marsha, it is a local historian that joins us now in studio.
2: That's right. And, and I, he says he's not going to talk about Sadie Hawkins Day, but mm. I bet he's got a knowledge base about it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that being said, local author and historian Bob O'Connor joins us. Welcome in. Hey, it's good to be here Hold on. We there you get go, you, there.
6: It's good to be back again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on. So, uh, what do we talk about today?
6: Oh, I like to talk about little known facts about the American Civil War.
2: Okay, so you wrote a book about it.
6: Actually, this is book three.
2: Mm. So you have three in that series.
6: Three in that series.
2: So, the, so uh, these are new un, untold facts.
6: From, yep, from the other two books, these these are different facts.
2: All right. Well, hit us with some.
6: So, have you ever heard of a man named Joseph Betts from the 40th United States Colored Troops?
2: Can't say I've heard heard of that. Nope.
6: See? It's a little-known guy (laughs) that nobody knows about.
2: But you're going to tell us. You're going to illuminate us.
6: He's the 4th. Great-grandfather of the former famous Duchess of Sussex, Hmm. Meghan Markle.
2: Oh, wow. And he was a Civil War soldier.
6: Yeah. For the United States Color Troops.
1: Wow. Well, what can you tell us about his background? I mean, where was he from? Did he get a chance to see any action? I mean, what what was his kind of career in in the Civil War like?
6: He was... um, a private, um, he was actually captured uh, in one of the battles and uh, was a prisoner of war. That's how I ran across him because um, I have a database of the black soldiers that were in prison. Hmm. So
2: was it extra difficult and and harrowing for a black soldier back then fighting in this war? For the U.S. Army.
6: Well, it, it wasn't much more harrowing than anybody else, except that they got paid less. Mm. And they were separate from all the other regiments. And people, you know, questioned their ability to fight, although they, they fought fiercely in the battles. So, um, but... It wasn't much different. I mean, they were discriminated against.
1: Well, for people that might have seen, and I know it takes some liberties historically, the movie Glory, I mean, there was a decree from the Southern government that saying that, you know, African Americans that were caught fighting for the North would be executed. Right. Is that something right. that, that did take place during the Civil oh, War? Oh, yeah,
6: that did take place, which is why people are surprised that I found so many that actually made it to prison because mm-hmm. the, the um, general knowledge is that they didn't make it To prison, so. So Harriet Lane, you know Harriet Lane, we've talked about Harriet Lane before. She was the only woman who had a ship from both the North and the South named after her.
2: Hmm. Wow. How about that? That's some kind of woman. Yeah.
6: The USS Harriet Lane was a revenue cutter that the federal government owned. In fact, she decided to have a party on it (laughs) because she thought it was her, her ship. Oh, and she, um,
2: I mean, I can understand the ship has your name on it. That's
6: right. So she sent out invitations. She got a caterer and a band and then her uncle who was president said, uh, excuse me, that's not your ship. I don't and, know. And that so old she thing had was like. cancel the party.
2: I, that thing where you say, is your name on it? That's well, right. she could is say, your a, name on yeah. On it? Yes. <laughs> so
6: then the, the the Confederates captured it and they changed the name of it to the CSS Harriet Lane, but it was really the same ship.
2: Well, that was very respectful that they kept her name, even though they co opted it for the. They also
1: race. didn't let her have a party, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm, probably <laughs> not. Probably not.
6: Okay. Probably not. So. So, so here's some interesting names of soldiers. So there were two soldiers whose first name were Doctor. <laughs>
2: oh okay.
6: but they weren't doctors. Dr. Burleson and Dr. Pete, but they weren't doctors there were There was a guy named Judge Kaw, but he was not a judge. <laughs> there was two soldiers named Governor Governor Cox, and, but they were not governors. Uh, major Major Dills was not a major; he was a private. So that could get, awkward. These had, get a little These confusing. had to be a little bit confusing.
2: Can you imagine if there was a medical need in the camp? And <laughs> Give me the doctor,
1: and then he just sticks up and he's like, oh, whoa, then not me. Is so there a doctor in the house? <laughs> yeah, we
2: have two right here, but they I, they won't help you. Here's they a can't. saw.
6: Would you just like to cut this guy's leg off? Well, I don't know. It's how. not far away
1: from what the doctors were doing yeah, in these, these Civil War medical tents, though, to be fair. True.
6: <laughs> so there were also. Um, Men by by the first name of Sandy, mm-hmm. May, Beverly was a very common man's name, mm-hmm. but they weren't ladies. And there were 11 soldiers in the 5th United States Colored Troops Heavy Artillery Regiment, all by the name of George Washington. 11, nice. 11 soldiers out of 1,000 in the same regiment all had the same name.
2: Wow, how you, okay dinner time could get very confusing. Talk, I imagine
6: talk about you know or mail call
2: right.
1: Yeah, thank goodness you didn't have to send one of them a text. You That's know, right. like how do you differentiate them in your phone? You know,
6: <laughs> kind of like uh, what's his name? Who's all his children had the same name? Who was the who was uh, George First, Form, George Foreman? <laughs> <laughs> all his children all his sons are named George Foreman so <laughs> telephone call for George Foreman
1: <laughs> and the whole table turns around
6: <laughs> so so you know about the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad in Martinsburg mm-hmm. well the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad was owned by the state of Maryland and the city of Baltimore when it got to Harpers Ferry it its track It had 200 miles of track that were in the south. So it was very difficult during the Civil War to operate that railroad because Stonewall Jackson and his men, it was their job to destroy the railroad. So they would pull up the rails and they would blow up the bridges. Um, That was a favorite sport, blowing up the bridge at Harpers Ferry. That was a favorite sport.
2: Well, it was strategy, too, because it it cut off the supply lines, right? Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, people talk a lot about, you know, the Civil War being uh, obviously one of the most technological wars to its date. You talk about ironclad ships. You talk about repeating rifles, rifled muskets, you know, train transportation being used incredibly effectively. I mean, you know, that was a pretty huge step forward in the advancement of military warfare, was it not?
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, yeah.
2: Our guest this morning is local author and historian Bob O'Connor, and he has brought with him the third edition in his series about little-known facts of the American Civil War, and he's hitting us with a few of them, not the whole book, because we don't want to give away the whole book.
6: That's right. You don't (laughs) want to give away the whole book. So everybody knows Stonewall Jackson. He's everybody's favorite if you're for the south. He has some very unique health-related beliefs. He would hold his arms high in the air to allow his blood to flow back into his body to reestablish his equilibrium. How's Mm. that working, Marsha?
2: It's a nice stretch. You feel more balanced? I I will say it's a nice stretch. (laughs) I like it.
6: He would not eat peppers. He thought eating peppers made his left leg weak.
3: Mm.
2: Just the left leg. Just the left leg. I don't know. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree because he, he I would like it could
6: he would dip his head frequently in a basin of cold water with his eyes open oh because he was convinced that technique would improve his eyesight
2: <laughs> you know don't knock it till you try it well I you, think, know, you know
1: they used to say that uh, shoeless joe jackson said that the same thing about his batting <laughs> eye he would cover one <laughs> eye and stare at a candle until his eye went blind good and then gracious he would, he would switch hands and do the other one okay did I mean? Did it work? He's a good hitter, but he's you know banned from baseball, and he also passed away. So I don't know. So we we can't reach him for comment. Okay.
6: Jackson preferred standing upright to lying down because he was convinced that his organs aligned more naturally when he was in a standing position.
1: Interesting. So I'm sure he didn't enjoy sleep very much, though. <laughs> Probably. Not. Or or tried to sleep standing up like a horse. Right. I was worried everything would
2: shift during the night. You wake up and your kidneys are in your neck. Why, you know, yeah, you need a a better lounge chair, maybe. (laughs) Maybe a better mattress.
6: And, of course, everybody knows that he sucked on lemons because he thought it helped his condition, uh, which today we would call indigestion. It was called dyspepsia, except most historians say that that was much exaggerated and that... He didn't actually do that. Although if you visit his grave in Lexington, Virginia, you find that people leave lemons on his grave.
2: Huh. A little tribute.
6: A little tribute.
1: Well, they used to say the same thing about English sailors would suck on limes, you know, to avoid, you know, getting diseases at sea and scurvy. I right. mean, it's it's kind of funny to watch, you know, and I'm sure you've kind of picked up on this as well. A lot of athletes you'll see wearing mouth guards now big orange mouth guards or something right. like that and it looks like they're sucking on a <laughs> on an orange peel <laughs> yeah. Well Stonewall Jackson did it first
6: our moms used to always give us orange peels when we're doing little league and all yeah. that.
1: And- <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. It's something that I was uh, illuminated to in high school, and I, I've seen the Shepherd basketball team do it a couple of times. You know, Marcia, a big thing for dealing with cramps is pickle juice. So people will just drink straight pickle juice.
2: I, I was going to say, do you put it on your leg? Like no, you, you
1: do not you rub, you rub it on your legs. You don't. Uh, you can't really suck on a, a pickle peel, but uh, people will drink pickle juice to, to you know, the electrolytes so they okay. don't cramp up as much. I saw a guy do that in high school and thought, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. And now you've just made the whole locker room smell like pickles. If they (laughs)
2: keep doing it, though, it must mean that it it works, In fairness
1: to Andrew, Andrew Carpenter, legend of the game, never saw him cramp. Okay. So, there you go.
2: Maybe a little something to that. Yeah. (laughs) But we digress.
6: But we digress. Uh,
2: Local author and historian Bob O'Connor is here with us with some little-known facts about the American Civil War from his Volume 3.
6: So so you know about the drummer boys. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a drummer girl. Oh. Her name was Annie Hundley Glud G L U D. And we didn't find out till eighteen ninety nine when she wrote a play called Tom Hundley the Drummer Boy, which is a story of her life in the Civil War.
1: She got away with it. Yeah, well did she try to pass as a as a boy? She tried to pass
6: as a boy, yeah. She passed as Tom.
1: Huh. That's fascinating.
6: Hey. That's why we brought me in here today, right? So Lincoln was killed in April of eighteen sixty five and there was a tremendous funeral procession in procession in all the major cities. Uh, uh, from the Midwest to the East. And when his funeral procession, why can't I say (laughs) that word today? Uh, I'm better writing than speaking, I guess. Um, When it passed through New New York City, a young man was uh, looking out the window watching the procession, and his name was Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. He's five years old.
2: Very impactful then, huh? Yep. All right. Let's finish strong. Our guest this morning, local author and historian Bob O'Connor, he's reading from his third edition of Little Known Facts about the American Civil War. What do you have for us?
6: I got to finish strong.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pressure. Showstopping.
6: So, do you know who invented the sewing machine?
2: Mr. Singer?
6: No, his name was Elias Howe, H-O-W-E. But he also had a role in the Civil War, not because he provided sewing machines. He um, published a book called Howe's United States Regulation Drum and Pipe Instructor Book, and all the drummer boys in the Civil War had to get all their cadences down from his manual.
2: Hmm. Wow.
6: And on the side, he invented the sewing machine.
2: That is diversification, right? So how can folks find this book and others that you've written?
6: Well, uh, mostly on my website, which is www.boboconnerbooks.com or on amazon.com. Um, some some of my books are also available at Patterson's Drugstore, and at um, Four Seasons Books in Shepherdstown.
2: And Tamarack.
6: And they're also in Tamarack. Very how, good. How did you know that?
2: Because I saw them there. says, I know that. Very,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, our guest this morning, local author and historian Bob O'Connor, has always fascinating conversation, and we appreciate you coming in and giving us the time. Thank you. All right, we've got a break to take. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's Panhandle Live.
0: We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle Live.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of Panhandle Live. Texture says Jackson liked citrus fruit, but it wasn't readily available at the time. When it was, he enjoyed them very much, that he would be the first to citrus when available, which is where the lemon story comes from, which is fascinating. We appreciate the text. And we're going to go back to the text line here in just a couple of moments. But before that, we want to get to the Metro News Capital Report in just a second. But, Marsha, we have a, a pretty significant event that's also happening in the Eastern Panhandle. In fact, it's happening across the street, if I'm not that's mistaken. That's right.
2: It is a lunch and learn at the Holiday Inn uh, for digital marketing. It's a digital marketing workshop. Nothing's going to get sold uh, to you. It's just a presentation about um, how you can uh, you know a- have these strategies and, and enact these uh, technologies. Lunch is going to be served. It is free, but you have to sign up at info at wvrcmedia.com. I am told that lunch gets underway at 1145. The presentation gets started at noon. Again, uh, info at wvrcmedia.com.
1: Very good. Well, as we mentioned, coming up at 10.06, we'll have another edition of Metro News Talk Line as we uh, have reached crossover day at the legislative session down in Charleston. Let's get to another edition of the Metro News Capital Report.
0: This is the Metro News Capital Report, brought to you by AARP West Virginia. AARP is your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Connect on social media at AARPWV or learn more at AARP.org slash WV. Today's report in 60 seconds.
7: AARP is your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. A wise friend and fierce defender for everyone in West Virginia as you get older. With nearly 230,000 members and communities in all 55 counties, AARP is working every day for you. We have financial tools and help guides to help make sure the good things in your life live as long as you do. We're working to protect your hard-earned money, sharing tips and tools to help you spot frauds and scams. At the same time, AARP is advocating on behalf of West Virginians 50-plus and their families at our state capitol. Every day we're supporting family caregivers and fighting for things like tax relief for all retirees and ensuring access to home and community-based services. Everyone in the Mountain State needs someone in their corner. That someone is AARP. For more information, connect with us on social media at AARP West Virginia or find us online at AARP.org WV.
8: It's day 50 of the 60-day regular legislative session. It's a significant day on the legislative calendar. This is crossover day, the day you have to have bills out of the house where they started or they're dead for this session. Yes, it does mean that bills die. And that's the case with the Crown Act passed by the Senate Judiciary Committee last week. It would prohibit discrimination over hairstyles. Now, you knew the bill was in trouble when it got sent to the Finance Committee after being on the floor just briefly last week. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Eric Tarr says they've researched it. He told our Brad McElhaney that the state could be on the hook for lawsuit settlements, increasing costs.
4: As we get close here, there's um, the Finance Committee here in Senate's not passed a fiscal note yet this year. You know, so it's uh, we're controlling expenses very tightly, and this one would be a, a very large one. And there's a much smaller fiscal notes that haven't made it through. Probably
8: not taking it up in committee. Well,
4: we're not taking it up in committee, now.
8: The House has two pay raise bills on its agenda today. One would be for state troopers, teachers, and school service personnel. State code requires legislative bills for those salaries for those workers to be increased. A second pay raise bill will provide bonuses for correctional officers and also equity pay for non-uniformed workers in the state's jails and prisons. I'm Jeff Jenkins on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
1: Thank you, Jeff, and we'll be hearing from Jeff and the rest of the Metro News crew throughout the legislative session that's going to come to its end here over the next couple of days. Well, like I mentioned, we got a really interesting text yesterday we weren't able to get to, and I'd like to get the chance to touch on it now. Uh, Of course, uh, earlier last week we had a candidate for agriculture commissioner on, Joshua Higginbotham, who raised some concerns about agriculture in the Mountain State. Farmland being bought up by outside entities, the fact that, you know, we're not seeing a lot of agricultural growth in the Mountain State, but a texter took issue to that and wanted to send in his rebuttal, um, to which he says his tax or his facts, I should say, are totally false. Based on the census data, WV produced uh, our total production of crops and livestock dollars. Um, was at 947.8 million dollars, and every year since 2022, that figure has risen, except for 2017, where it decreased. However, in 2022, that value increased back. So his statement that every that it has decreased every year since we became a state in 1863 is a fabrication. And the texture goes on to say it shows his laziness to look up the facts. He said between 2017 and 2022, the percent of West Virginia farmland had decreased. Uh, 3.1%, but average farm size increased 0.6%. And he talked about House Bill 5353, which addressed the foreign land ownership. So he isn't planning anything new here. The texter says that bill is either dead or the number got changed because he said he couldn't find the current status. And lastly, he said the WVDA would have little say or help uh, with closing the AWP. Forestry is separate from agriculture and has been for years. Higginbotham is nothing more than a fancy-speaking young politician that wants to become a career politician instead of going out and getting a real job. If he is spreading falsehoods on a campaign, think of what he will do if elected. And he says, thank you, Marcia and Luke.
2: That is a strong text. Absolutely.
1: With the facts to back it up, we do really appreciate that text. So
2: uh, you can hear our interview with uh, Joshua Higginbotham uh, on our Panhandle News Network Spotify. You can kind of re-listen to uh, to those comments and uh very interesting take, which brings me to an offer. Uh, you know, a lot of folks get really jazzed about Steam release. Um, w- I would like to know via text if if we set aside a segment on a given Friday, if folks would call in with their take, with local things that they have some steam about. We wouldn't call it Steam release because sure. that'd be cringy. You a little pre-Steam release. Yeah, something we'll like
1: that. It. We're workshopping it. Yeah. So Let us know if that's something that you would be interested in here. And
2: what would you call it?
1: Exactly. An Eastern Panhandle perspective, an Eastern Panhandle take on Steam release. Um, And, of course, this local show here in WEPM and WCST will give way here in the next six or seven minutes to Metro News Talk Line. Uh, But there is a local connection to lead off the show and another stacked lineup uh, for the kind folks at Metro News today, Marcia.
2: That's right. So um, on Hoppy's show this morning, right out of the gate at 10.06, we'll be... Senate President Craig Blair of Berkeley County. He'll be talking about the budget. He'll be talking about the unemployment bill. And also, interestingly, because he's been very fiery about this, uh, withdrawing the death penalty bill. You may remember on these here airwaves and on Hoppy Show uh, and other venues, I'm sure, too, he's talked about the fact that he believes that folks who are involved in the wholesale manufacture or distribution of fentanyl should face the death penalty. Well, West Virginia doesn't have the death penalty currently, so that would have to be reestablished for that to be, you know, something that could be um, you know, used as a punishment uh in those situations.
1: Also coming up later on the show, uh I think Hoppy might have taken a page out of the Panhandle Sports Live playbook. Uh, Wes Eddy, who's the executive director of the West Virginia Coaches Association, is going to be talking about something that he talked about similarly on our show today, uh, and that is the travel bill legislation that currently sits um, down in the Capitol. That's going to do it for us. If you missed any of your part of today's show, we're going to be posting it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Spotify. For Marsh Kavalik, yeah, I've been Luke Wiggs, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. in
7: the park, meantime Sound of the river,
6: you stopping your hole.